The information in this podcast is not medical advice. Purpose of this podcast is to convey information, should not be interpreted as medical advice and is not intended to diagnose, treat or cure your condition. Always discuss lifestyle and drug and supplement options with your doctor. Hello, my name is Jane McClelland. I'm author of How to Starve Cancer. This is my very first podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled to have a super guest with me, former presenter of A Place in the Sun, Johnny Irwin, who has been living with stage four cancer for several years. We're going to discuss his journey and we're also going to discuss the Cancer Act 1939 and also, some of the treatments he's been having since his diagnosis. So, Johnny, welcome to my show. My hair look all right. <laughs> you're looking great, Hi, Johnny. Johnny. How are you doing? <laughs> On the run, you're quickly having something to eat, which is great. Yeah. I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you in person since we met in January a year ago. So, do you want to just tell people how we met? Because I saw you were following me on Twitter. So, I sent you a little message saying, Hi, Johnny, do you want some help? And I thought, well, you know about me. And then we managed to meet up finally in January. Yeah. When I first got diagnosed, I was in the hands of the NHS and they gave me all sorts of medication and cut long story short, ozimertinib was the drug that gave me longer to live. Yeah. And then my body started to, or the cancer started to be resistant to it. When were you first diagnosed, Johnny? Because I, th I think that's important. And were you diagnosed at an earlier stage? You're now stage four. I was always stage four and I was given, I was given like months to live and then Ozzy Mertonib came onto the scene yeah. within two weeks and I, I was given a lot longer. But they expected Ozmertonib to last for two to three years, lasted for a six months. Right. And then I now was all into chemo and stuff. But in that time, and that was just after just after the start of lockdown actually. In fact, my boys are three and a half and they were like a month old. So wow. I got sent loads of books by well-meaning friends, like everything from FU cancer to da 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 da. And yours, your book kind of stood out. You meet a cancer patient, they know about your book. You meet people that deal with cancer, like, you know, relatives, and they know about your book. And I think it was word of mouth and maybe pick your book as opposed to, I don't want to talk about cancer. No. The reason I'm still here, or one of the reasons, and we'll come into the cacophony of help that I get, but one of the reasons I think I'm still here is I'm not a cancer patient. Yeah. It's always there. It's always there at the back of your mind, but I'm living with cancer, not dying with cancer. I mean, you know, every time I talk about how strong I feel, I ended up in hospital the next day, so I'm not going to curse it. But, um... <laughs> okay, let's not jinx it. Okay, so when I first met you back in January, I, I honestly didn't think you had long to go, to be honest. Well, uh, <laughs> was... I was so thin, wasn't I? You were, yeah. you, and I thought, wow, cachexic. Yeah. What you get with cancer is a sort of a, a wasting, a bit like anorexia but slightly different. It's actually driven by inflammation predominantly, yeah. something called interleukin-6. But what I was really scared about was you, you know, we didn't want to starve you. And I think people think that my approach is all about diet and people find there are no recipes. And in fact, I don't promote any particular no. type of diet. And I'm a bit wary about the ketogenic diet yeah. because I know that can cause 
cachexia, more of that wasting in some patients. So that worries me a lot. Colorectal and pancreatic are driven by this interleukin-6. So it's, it's all about combinations. So if you know, a bit like your osimertinib, which is your drug, if we know the kind of metabolic adaptations it's going to make, it's all about education. That's my approach is to try and get patients to research and do their own little bit of work into understanding their own cancer, because it's the missing piece of the jigsaw, understanding the metabolism of cancer. There's a strange relationship with all alternative therapies and diets and whatever. Yeah. The standard NHS. I've got an excellent oncologist and... Yeah, I've talked to him. He's at top of his game, but yeah. he supports me in everything I do. I run past him what alternative drugs I'm taking to make sure he's okay with it he can't prescribe it he can't say yes take that because he's got rules and regulations and i appreciate and honor that but Mm. he can say that's not good for example i would love to get on metformin but my body's not in the right shape no okay i know your your liver's not coping particularly well at the moment no well i've been jaundiced but i'm i think i'm coming out of it now wow Wow. I honestly, you know, every time I I hear these ups and downs of your journey, and I thought I was going to lose you at the beginning of the summer as well, you're in a pretty bad way. But anyway, I know that you have been following me for a while, and you went to the care oncology, I don't know when you first went, and then I think you stopped. Is that correct or not? I was in such a bad shape that I spoke to the care oncology again, because I had two runs at it. And the guy said, look, you're in such bad shape, just don't take any more pills, just live your life sort of thing. And yeah. I spoke to a number of people and I was in such bad shape. And then... I mean, the thing is that they've started this sort of thing at a very late stage with you, when you already had you already had liver issues, you already had quite a lot of things going on. So when you're a stage four cancer patient, what do you do? You're trying to save your life. You know, and it, it did give you a whole summer. Yeah. And up to now, I mean, I just never thought when I saw you in January, I thought there's no way he's going to be around next December. Mm. And here you are. Amazing. Can I say? Every cancer patient's different. Yeah. I was abroad and this guy said, oh, he recognised me from the telly. He said, oh, you're that guy of the telly. I said, not today, I'm not. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of us patients going out tonight. Don't worry, it's a keto-friendly restaurant. And I was like, I don't want to hang around with a load of cancer patients talking about food all the time. No, no, I know. Because we're all different. I've chosen a different pathway. But I think I'm sure I'm convinced the reason I'm here is from a mixture of things and things working cohesively. Like, you help me. And it's many people's help and it's many approaches. My diet, I don't have a keto diet. I had a keto diet for about two years and I lost a lot of weight. And I decided to have my own diet, more sensible, healthy, veggie smoothies in the morning, lots of veg and a little fruit, but not too much because I know that about the sugar. But I know my liver likes fruit. I'm drinking a lot of tea and coffee at the moment because it's good for my liver. But you can't just do one thing. You've got to adapt as well. When your liver's playing up, you've got to feed it what it wants. And that might not yeah. be what is good in the whole. Yeah. But the point is that all these things will actually work synergistically and it is a combination. Yeah. Something's just occurred to me. In the two years I've known you, we've never discussed diet. Not really. So I'm, 
don't know what all this <laughs> is it's, coming it's from what they the outside. And the reports that you and I've had in the national papers have always been because they look at how to starve cancer and they focus on the diet. And actually, that's yeah. not it's not it no. at all, is it, really? No. <laughs> it's far from it. And it's just that if I did just that, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, exactly. I don't know whether this outside criticism is coming from because I've read the book. You know, we've had a good relationship, and we've never talked about a diet because that's my responsibility, and yeah. your expertise is, I think, in in the off-label drugs and where you uh, your body performs with them and all the treatments I can get alongside yeah, But again, just to say, I am not a doctor. So no. I don't prescribe the drugs. I say you've got to discuss this with your doctor, see if this would be suitable for you to have. I absolutely don't. I'm not treating you. Just no. to say, I'm not no. treating you. That's no, no. in the hands of your doctors. Okay. All I do is provide education and information and options yeah. because to be honest the doctors aren't giving you many options right now they right. weren't going to give you anything other than osimertinib they were reluctant to put you back on that for your cancer as well at one stage my um oncologist fought my cause because i technically probably don't qualify for osimertinib the dose i'm taking at the moment but he fought my cause i can't remember the phrase but <clears throat> i got this kind of like direct from the people that produce it right. via the NHS. So I'm a firm believer in the help that I've had, but yeah. I believe there are a corner where they can't go and yeah. you help me. But yeah, you've, you've never said do this, do that. And I've always run it past my oncologist and he said, yeah, yeah okay, get on with it. So you've also been doing intravenous vitamin C, hyperbaric yeah. oxygen, things like that. That's, I think, probably been quite helpful for you as well. And obviously these things don't work on their own. And intravenous vitamin C, I think, is a really misunderstood therapy because the medical profession largely view it as antioxidant therapy. Whereas, in fact, when it's delivered straight into the blood, which you've been having, it releases hydrogen peroxide selectively around the tumour, like a targeted drug. So it's, in fact, pro-oxidant the opposite of antioxidant. And I know that you've been uh, taking some off-label drugs, and these are drugs not normally prescribed for cancer, but they have anti-cancer effects that can boost the conventional therapies that I've discussed with your oncologist. And we need to gather data on these because actually running randomized clinical trials is really hard mm. when you have off-label drugs because they're cheap, off-patent nobody's going to invest in them and RCTs, these randomized clinical trials cost millions. So nobody's going to do it. Having said that, the NIH, which is a big organization, they're actually investing in looking at the ketogenic diet for brain cancer. So this was something I was going to discuss last weekend at UCL with Professor Nell Syed, and she said she'd been looking at an arginine starving drug. So glutamine is an amino acid, which I talk about on my Metro map, but actually arginine is another amino acid. So I don't restrict what I talk about just to my Metro map. There are many other potential options. And she was going to, well, she is doing some trials, she's doing it on mice at the moment, using a drug called ADI PEG20. Now, this works to starve arginine in brain tumours, but it's also been shown to work in sarcomas as well. You know, and sarcoma is very difficult to treat. Ferroptosis seems to be quite useful for sarcoma. Great articles in PubMed about that. 
So it's not just about starving glucose. And I've come under attack recently because they assume I'm just talking about glucose. And they probably just write me off and think I'm not worth listening to. Well, they don't know your story. No, you've been in my position. I have. You've been me. And you've yes. got yourself out of it by researching things. I People do. don't realise. Yeah, yeah. Hard research. They're actually currently questioning my story, of course, we've had Belle Gibson, who was that con artist. I don't know whether you've watched the documentary. It's quite shocking. She was trying to allegedly cure her brain cancer just with natural approaches. She got a book deal. She got an app deal and suddenly exposed that she was a complete liar. Unbelievable. <laughs> so they can question whether I can actually talk about my cancer. And, you know, I'm also being threatened with this 1939 Cancer Act at the moment, to stop me talking in public. I've read that and my, I studied a bit of law at uni, but people are misinterpreting that as well. It's great journalism in yeah, my book. Yeah, so it's been used, I think, trying to silence me, but it doesn't prohibit you discussing your own journey. So my cancer journey, absolutely fine. I can go and talk about that. I can also talk about education about the metabolic pathways that cancer uses because doctors kind of think that the glycolysis which is the Wahlberg effect is the only thing they need to know about with cancer metabolism there's many many different pathways that are involved and many different things that feed cancer like arginine which we've discussed pancreatic cancer uses uridine so there are many different metabolites that cancer can use in different ways what i learned from your book and from speaking to you is you tell people to find out yeah. themselves you've never said to me and i wish you would but you never said to me it's this it's that it's that take this yeah. take that you said i'll give you the tools this metro map and other things and you work it out i mean everyone's cancer is different. Yeah, so different cancers are fed by different fuels. They might be glutamine addicted or cholesterol driven. People share a lot of their positive progress reports in my Facebook group, which is kind of a big resource for, for anybody for trying to find information. And I'm a bit worried that they're going to try and take that down for whatever reason. Who is they? I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people in this industry and I'm lucky my profile opens doors to people that are kind of high end of their own practices like and specialisms. But the more I research, the more I speak to people yeah. on the alternative side, I outside the take your pill provided by the NHS, the more I, I'm wary of the interest of big pharma and when you say they, I assume it's kind of driven by big pharma and yeah. what you're doing yeah. is educating people that there's other ways that can help. Totally. You know, and what really frustrates me is that doctors don't take a chance. They won't take a chance. You're a stage four cancer patient. Why can't we just add in a few low toxicity drugs but you know a lot of them won't even discuss it i've done a straw poll on my facebook group to find out how people rate their doctor and unfortunately when it comes to integrative treatments i'm afraid zero is the normal response so you know how can patients actually talk to their yeah. doctors about yeah. this stuff if they're not even prepared to listen really hard really hard so i'm going to start a new campaign i think with hashtag share with your doctor really push to try and get these approaches more known? I think that would be important. I mean, I'm lucky. My oncologist, I can speak openly to him. He's quite high up as well. And I know the restrictions that are put upon him. He can't say certain things to me. And I appreciate that. 
but likewise, I'm wanting to be aware of all that I do. I show him what I'm doing and what I'm taking, and he gives me, you know, sometimes I say, oh, I'm going to go and get some treatment. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that, but take care. Or I'll show him certain medications that I'm taking at one moment. But he'll say, yeah, that's not interfering. Be careful of that one. We'll monitor your bloods and stuff like that. It's not integrative, but he can do what he can do. And I appreciate all of his honesty, but I think anybody working for the NHS or in the UK, they're not allowed to step outside the box. Yeah. I mean, how much are they actually allowed to do? And this is a question. Can they legally provide some off-label drugs? And that's something that my oncologist did way back in 2003. And I I had a fantastic team and she prescribed me Etodilac and Lovastatin as part of my cocktail. So the oncologist did that. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't do it today, I don't think. I don't know. Who knows? But was she breaking the law doing it? Probably not the law. I think doctors are scared. I think they're scared. And it's a shame. I I feel for them because I believe many people in the medical industry have got their hands tied. Yeah. For example, it's not about the diet, but the diet helps. And I've got a number of people that work in the medical industry and the amount of time they got given when they were studying for nutrition was about a few weeks in what five six year learning cycle i think they only normally get about an afternoon yeah on the Wahlberg effect and that's it you know yeah, it's worrying. And, you know, that would be amazing to get more doctors on board. And that's what I want. My mission is to actually change the current status of oncology and actually do a bit more integrative approaches. I just think the work you're doing is so important because if I just listened to the prognosis I'm perennially given, I'd be colouring a ball and crying myself to, to death. But I feel much more empowered, much more educated that there's a sphere of help and a help from the NHS is a massive part of that sphere. But there's also bits and bobs that I can do. Yeah. Check this out. I'm in there at least an hour a day. I've got to go in there later. Right, that's your hyperbaric oxygen. Hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Which you got at home. Brilliant. Yeah, um, thankfully lent to me by O2 Works. But I'm doing hyperbaric oxygen Vitamin C, Reiki. Intravenous, intravenous vitamin C. So it bypasses the gut. It doesn't cause diarrhea. No. Oh, God. I feel great after it. Yeah. I feel great after hyperbaric. I feel great after vitamin C. These things, if I was fit and well, I'd be trying to use them anyway because I feel yeah. better. I'm so much more open-minded, probably because I've got a gun to my head. And it's a rich kaleidoscope of help that I'm yeah. getting and I'm pursuing and I'm yeah. continue to to do that and you've got to look into alternatives you've got to do your own research complementary or or integrative not alter I think there's always a, a misconception that anybody who's providing information for a different form of treatment is encouraging people to leave conventional treatment oh, no. and completely convert over I'm very much let's just merge everything together cocktails 
combinations, as you've mentioned already, and we need to find the right cocktails and combinations. And that's where we're really lacking in our current approach. You know, we can see cocktails work better. They're starting to add more things. Say you've got HER2 breast cancer, you've now got a triple combination of things to take for that rather than just Herceptin. All of these things are, you know, we're getting to better combinations, but it's just taking too long. And if they do all the trials, it's going to take decades. I'm suspicious that there's not enough money in it. Sorry, shoot me, but I'm suspicious that there's not enough money in it for Big Pharma to pursue it and to do the expensive trials. So unfortunately, I think there's an element of banging our heads against the wall, but keep banging. I feel like I'm out to battle and there are people trying to shoot me down right now. But anyway, I'm still going to keep going. I've read the act and I know you and I know what you say. You don't contravene one bit of that act. It's completely irrelevant. And it's the people that might level criticism and the same baggers, maybe desperate patients looking for the silver bullet. You've never said this is a silver bullet. You've always talked about cohesive help. And you've always encouraged people to do their own research as well. You've never said to me, I wish you would do that, do that, do that. And I think any criticism is coming from a corner of ignorance. So I think a lot of people are going to make monkeys of themselves in the end. I hope so too. All right. So, <laughs> but Jane, keep doing what you're doing. You. I mean, doing yeah. these seminars, at the very least, you're giving people hope. And as a patient, that can add weeks and months. You know, this positive, come in, mate. This, come in. This positive attitude buys you days buys you weeks and buys you moments with people like this come here mate oh hello to jane this is my eldest wax hello gorgeous what you got (laughs) monster truck how old are you rex how old well tell tell jane your birthday christmas day christmas day oh brilliant well, Johnny, I hope you have an absolutely wonderful Christmas. Really praying that you feel well enough and you enjoy it. Thank and you very much. Who would have thought? I bet you never thought last Christmas you were going to be here at this point. I had a fake 50th birthday party at the start of the year. And now I'm 50, 50 years old. So <laughs> big party. Big party, didn't I? I even had a drink or two. But it's important that you keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> it's a cheeky one. Yeah. Thank you. But... um. Keep doing what you're doing, and if I can, I'll come to one of your seminars and and meet some people. But the clinic I go to, I'm so grateful that it's here. Michelle's got vitamin C. She's all about alternative therapy and health, and always, always ask me what my latest medical help's doing as well. There's lots of people around there, rounded, intelligent, and read people, people that read about you and read what you're doing. Yeah. And, and can I just make it absolutely clear? I don't sell a diet plan. No. So I've been I've been looking around thinking, why have I been cancelled? And I had a look this morning and lo and behold, there's something, the How to Starve Cancer Diet Plan. I thought, who the hell has put that up there? It's got nothing to do with me whatsoever. 
people trying to make money out of your name. And the other thing is just be very wary and don't buy any because I don't prescribe any particular diets. So if there's a diet plan out there, it's got nothing to do with me. There's actually somebody nicking my name. Well, it's, it's the best form of flattery, but I suppose so. <laughs> you've reached a certain level that now you're a target and people Daddy? will try and will, will try and use your name. Sorry? Need a poo. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'll let you go. Thank you so much, Johnny. This has been brilliant chat and you've been wonderful. And I hope you have a lovely Thank Christmas. Thank you. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye. Who's that?